Okay, everybody, uh, it's maintenance day, and you know what? We 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 might have opened up a can of worms last week, but you know what? We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get to that can of worms uh, in a little while because we don't we we're not gonna we're not gonna blow our shot here right off right off the hop because we got a we got like an hour to fill here, gang. And uh, Lance Lasowski is is here uh, once again this week. Lance, hello. Greetings. Um, quite the eventful few days, and you know, people are excited. The vibes are still good. They're still there for a lot of people, but quietly, the Sabers have lost a few games in a row, Joe. So things are things aren't going that great. But hey, Owen Power is arriving, so the hype is uh, ramping up considerably, and you know, the, all eyes will be on the Sabers in Toronto on Tuesday night. Yeah, the the hype and the hair care tips from from Owen Power, which I think everybody could probably stand uh, to get some of those because he has some really glorious uh, lettuce going on there, uh, <laughs> which is, is really impressive for. Well, I mean, I, don't know, I guess I guess everybody in college and most people in college probably had decent hair or at least hair. Period. Um, speaking for myself there, but uh, but you know it's it's nice it's nice to see Power in the fold. It's disappointing to see what happened with Michigan losing out to the eventual national champion Denver Pioneers, which I guess if you're going to lose in the semifinals, you may as well lose the team that wins it all, which, hey, <clears throat> them's, them's the breaks. But um, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of, I mean, we're going to see a lot of power here the rest of the way, I got to think, right? I mean, this, they don't, you don't sign a guy just to have him kind of kick around for, for a few weeks, right? Of course, this is going to be, I, I don't think he's going to come in and play he might not even play 20 minutes in his NHL debut. I think that the Sabres are actually in a good spot to where they don't have to just say, Hey kid, you know, here's all, here's the weight of the playoff draft, playoff drought, you know, let's throw it on your shoulders and hope you can fix this thing. Now that they have Delhi and they have Samuelson, you know, especially being on the road to, to kickstart it all um, might be a little lesser of a, of a workload for Owen power in his debut, which of course, as a Mississauga kid, I'm sure that's pretty exciting for him. But yes, these last this last stretch here, it's going to be getting him as much experience as possible. And you know, the Sabers did that a little bit with Samuelson last spring when he came up mm-hmm. from Rochester. All this this is a, a much different situation since Power is going from the NCAA, where he was a man among boys for <laughs> for most yeah. games. He just towered over everybody. He was Michigan's, you know, other than Portillo, their best player in that frozen four loss. So it's it's going to be fascinating. I just think that you know, what sort of expectations do you have? Joe. I mean, that's the big thing here. I think that people maybe don't know what to expect because, you know, a lot of Sabres fans haven't watched all power much. You know what? I, I, from what I've seen of power from, you know, playing for Canada and the world championships, you know, uh, and, you know, playing for Michigan and, and, and all this stuff, he's pretty unflappable. Like it's, he's really hard to get knocked off his game where he's you know he gets running around or he's chasing people down like trying to do this that or the other thing he's a pretty unshakable dude now starting him off with a game against the leafs you know rivalry game leafs are absolutely blazing on fire of late especially austin matthews um and him playing in toronto which is home like that's it's a pretty uh it's a pretty full plate for your first game like that's that, that's a lot, but you know what? I don't, I don't doubt him for a second for to be able to, to get a handle on that. And you're, I mean, you're right. He's probably going to be playing third pair minutes. It's probably going to be him. Well, we'll get into who he might be playing with, but, um, but this is, I mean, 
ideally, you know, as, as long as he's playing the left side anyways, this is the left side of the defense that the Sabres want to see here for a few years with Darlene, with Samuelson, with with power. Like, this is the group that they're looking to to kind of build ahead for, you know, for, to get back to the playoffs eventually and, and move ahead. Yeah, going into that Frozen Four game, I was thinking, okay, if, if they do lose, when could we see power? And I thought to myself, there's no way they would put him in that game at Toronto, right? <laughs> I mean, all the pressure. I, there's going to be so many, so much media there. He's a kid who didn't wasn't really exposed to much media when he was at Michigan, where mm-hmm. they try to shelter their athletes as much as, much as possible. But you know, Don Granado and even Kevin Adams to, you know, in his role, they're not afraid to just throw these guys in the fire and see how, and see how they respond. Right. And, mm-hmm. you know, Sheldon Keefe is going to be putting his top line out on the ice against Owen power in that game. They're going to try to shit to, <laughs> to really get to him as much as possible, try to use the matchups, but just the experience that he has at Michigan. I mean, late in that frozen four game, it was Owen power who looked unflappable. The poise mm-hmm. that he had, his teammates didn't come close to matching that. That's why Michigan lost. He was the one yeah. who wasn't rattled. And I thought, the, for the most part, the rest of their team looked overwhelmed. And, you know, I think that the pressure kind of got to them in that one. He was also the one guy who wasn't trying to do cutesy plays yeah. the entire game. I, I Watching that game, and, you know, you, of course, were watching it in person at, in Boston. But watching that on TV and watching, you know, you know, Luke Hughes and the the host of, of forwards for Michigan trying to, to borrow a Tyson Nash phrase, trying to skill it up <laughs> across the ice against the team that is absolutely forechecking them, you know, 200 feet up and down the ice with speed and playing perfect defense. I, it was blowing my mind to watch them just doing like these, you know, spin passes, turnaround plays, like doing all this really fancy stuff. And like, Denver defenders are just there like poke okay two on one the other way like instantaneously just it's odd man rush and they were were doing that the whole game but the only guy that didn't do it was power because power just kind of like all right guys let's 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 take it easy here like we you know we need a little pace like these guys are blitzing us but like let's let's try to wear them down everybody else was like no we gotta we gotta blaze them back we gotta we gotta bull rush them back and it's like guys we don't have the speed for that we we cannot do that yeah what started out to uh to me about power in that game was one, like when they had a penalty kill, he was taking double shifts. He stayed, mm-hmm. stayed out on the ice and he took an extra breath. And you, you could tell that Mel Pearson kept the, you know, Hey, if you want to come to the bench, you can, but Hey, if you, mm-hmm. you think you can do it, you can do it. And then late in regulation, when the few shifts that Owen power wasn't on the ice and the ending overtime, he was leaning over the boards. And you could just tell that he wanted to be out there every mm-hmm. shift. So it's going to be interesting. He's a guy who's not flashy. He's not Rasmus Dahlin. He's not, he's not going mm-hmm. to stick handle around guys, but he's a very smart player. He's getting much better in the offensive zone with more experience, you know, making that ridiculous pass a lot of times to find an open man back door, you know, joining the rush, knowing when to do it. It's the, the nuances that really stand out to me. I'm really curious to see where his development goes and how much of maybe the offense starts to really shine as you know, he gets older, he gets big, you know, he gets stronger. You know, the skating is a thing that's taken big, you know, I know it sounds cliche, big strides the last couple of years, but it has. And he's going to have, he's going to get tested with Austin, with Austin Matthews. That's for sure. Yeah. That's yeah. Matthews and Marner and Nylander, all the speedy guys in Toronto. That's going to be (laughs) a good luck, buddy. Kind of, kind of moment. But, you know, knowing power was a big guy already, you know, I mean, just size wise, knowing he was big already watching him, 
<laughs> watching them play for Michigan all year long. It just, you know, and I hadn't watched Michigan a little bit until the semifinals. I didn't, you know, I didn't watch the, uh, the opening rounds of the tournament. Well, at least not their games anyways, but I don't know why I wasn't doing it. Oh, I was right. I was watching Minnesota. <laughs> why, yeah. Why, yeah. You know, why, why watch Michigan when, you know, you could watch the Gophers, I guess. I, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's just me being dumb. That's eh, probably me being dumb, but, um, but I'm all, I was always struck by how large, power was compared to everybody else's in the on the ice now, like college guys you get a lot of guys who are older and like and, and i know uh Buchigross and and uh barry melrose and colby cohen were all making a point of talking about how how much older a lot of guys were especially you know on especially on minnesota not really on michigan because that's that's really young very young very talented team but they were talking about how there's so many 20 you know 22 23 24 year old guys playing out there and you know it was a a big point of contention for Minnesota when they lost to Union uh, in the national championship game years ago because Minnesota had a very young group, you know, highly talented, of course. Uh, but Union was rolling out there with with some, you know, uh, you know, an army of guys that were, you know, a few months away from playing in the AHL. Um, and I remember Don Lucia being very, very angry about that, being like, you know, it, you know, if you're going to play college hockey, you got to be, you know, natural 18 year old freshman and play from there. And it's like. Dude, that you should have been fighting that battle 20 years ago, pal. But but even against guys that size and like that age and like those guys are way stronger than most of the freshmen anyways. But seeing power out there with those guys and towering over them and just being, you know, having the reach, having the the strength and everything it was wild to see that because you know, I mean, again, he's, you know, he's still a kid. You know, I mean, he's still a teenager. What, he's 19, 20, yeah. you know, like 19. I mean, for crying out loud, seeing a kid that big out on the ice. And I mean, it, it was like, him, you know, him skating with, you know, peewees almost at times because there's how small some of these other guys were. Yeah, it, I want to see how physical he becomes as a defenseman because in college, you can't see that. He couldn't, yeah. hit, you know, he's so much bigger that he had to be very careful on how he got physically engaged in battles because mm-hmm. and he took only 12 penalty minutes in 33 games this year. Very, he had to play a very, a much more disciplined smart game where you're using more of your angles and your stick to, to shut down plays and kill plays as opposed to, to getting involved. And he's going to have to get more involved at the next level. That's going to mm-hmm. be an adjustment. There's going to be the adjustment of you know, bigger, stronger, faster players. You know, he was just mm-hmm. physically imposing, but I think that it all boils down to, I think that his plan going back to that, that extra year, it worked out perfectly for him. Yes. It, he didn't win the national championship the way that he intended, but his game, got much more well-rounded and not only is he in a much better place but the sabers are in a much better place he Mm. if he would have walked in there in october it would it just wouldn't have been good for him it wouldn't have been good for the organization it seems like he's arriving at the perfect time to where he could just be part of of the group they already have together he doesn't there's a culture in place now you know, it's it just so much better that he, he's being put in a position where he succeed. At, and we saw time and again in the past where guys in that exact same situation, Rasmussen included, they walked in and it was a much worse situation to step mm-hmm. into. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's the one good thing with the uh, with the whole vibes conversation that's that keeps popping up with the Sabers. It it actually works in their advantage in this case because you know because Power's not going to walk in there and the whole you know the whole I mean they might be sour from losing the last 3 games like that that would be a good enough reason for those guys to be kind of pissy about stuff but on the whole everybody's feeling pretty good about things and and guys like that the way that they're playing and and ha- walking into that kind of 
situation as opposed to like when you know Casey Middlestack came in you know after after he got done with Minnesota and you know it's everything you know they're in the middle they're mired in a you know their usual year end <laughs> you know tail tailspin to the bottom and you know like yeah hey he's, you know he gets a few points in, in a few games and like that's really cool but it's also nobody's nobody's pl- nobody's trying in any of those games like it's just the season's over everybody's like i don't want to ruin my summer by getting you know get my ankles broken or something like nobody wants that but in this case like you know they're still playing very hard they're still playing you know you know normal hockey i mean like that's that that's the main thing it's it, they're not competing for playoff spots they don't care about where they finish as far as the draft goes but him going into that spot is way better because these are the guys he's going to be running with, you know, at least on the left side with, with Dolly and Samuelson. These are the guys he's running with for the next however long. Now, the question is, Lance, who are they going to use him with and how are they going to use him? Uh, because there there are some there are some options there, but I don't know. I don't know which ones are the, the right ones and which ones will end up being the ones that work. But this is going to be very interesting for, for Don Granato and company to, to kind of figure out with just a handful of games to go. Well, just based on Kevin Adams' comments leading up to the trade deadline, it sounds like their preference is to go with somebody with more experience. And mm-hmm. if with that in mind, and I'm sure they don't want to put power on his offside, that's something that's a look they might experiment with at some point. I don't think now's the time to do it. So I think that Colin Miller and or Mark Pissick, the big question for me is, do they want continuity? Are they going to put Owen Power with, let's just say, Colin Miller, for example, and just go, hey, last eight games of the season, you guys are together. This is the look we're going to run with. We'll rotate Piss again for Fitzgerald. We'll do a rotation with the other guys. We want Colin Miller, or let's just say it is Pissick, with Owen Power the rest of the way, right? I mean, that way they can get communication down. That way they can work together not only at even strength, but I think that Owen Power is going to get work on the penalty kill. Why not? That's a good yeah. way to learn. He, he played a lot on the PK in Michigan, even did it on his offside. Second power play unit is going to be Powers. From mm-hmm. right from the start, I think. And that's a good chance for him to to showcase his skill, to develop chemistry with with some of those younger guys. And as much as, you know, I haven't really disliked what Henry Okiharu has done there, it's that's Owen Power's spot. He, right. He was so good for Michigan running that power play. So it opens a lot of spots. And you look at the schedule the rest of the way, Joe. Well, obviously he's going to debut against Toronto as long as everything goes according to plan. Mm-hmm. St. Louis at home, Philadelphia at home, Philadelphia on the road on Easter Sunday. Then they got three days in between games. Those are additional practice. That's additional practice time. It's going to be valuable mm-hmm. to set him up um, at Jersey, home against the Islanders, and then four days without games before they se- finish the season with a back-to-back at Boston, then at and at home against Chicago. So different kinds of, of matchups. You got Patrick Kent. You got a lot of skill. Boston, that's going to be a difficult matchup for him. Mm-hmm. New Jersey's going to be kind of a cakewalk, but it's good that he's walking into a situation now where they're actually sort of experiencing adversity. He's not coming in. It's all, not all just good times and good vibe. Right. You know, they're, they're not playing really well these last few games. It's time to straighten it out, even though that some of that was blown leads. So yeah. you know, how would, how would you use him? Because it, do you value continuity? Would you put him with one guy? Would you rather him play with somebody young? Yeah. Would you like to give Bryson a look? I'm curious to hear what your thoughts are. You know, I, I think there's a lot of value having him play with with a veteran. You know, and, you know, there are questions as to whether or not Pezik or Miller are going to be here next season. Certainly Miller's not going to come back. I, I can't imagine a world where Colin Miller says, yeah, I'll come back to Buffalo. I just I, I 
have a very hard time believing that that would happen unless he really did buy into the vibes thing that much where he was like, no, don't trade me. I want to stay here. I want to <laughs> finish it out with these guys. This is good. Like, I, I just can't see that, you know, with Pesic, I mean, you know, first half Pesic was like, wow, get him extended now. Keep him." Now it's kind of like, I don't know if you want to keep him here anymore, but both guys provide a lot of value because power can play plays a very strong defensive game, but he has the offensive ability. Um, and you want to have somebody who's seen, seen the, uh, seen, seen the runs around the league. Like they get it. And I think that's where I, I think a guy like Pesic gets maybe a little bit of an edge, but Pesic hasn't played great the last mm. month, two months. So I don't know if you want to go there. I mean, Miller's just kind of getting back from, from being out before Bryson's the interesting one though. Cause like, yes, left-handed defenseman. He's been better on the right side. He has. Than he has the left. Than he has the left. Like I, I wide I, margin, in my opinion, especially so, as of late. Yeah. So like, I mean, I know we were kind of thinking earlier this year, like you know, what what the heck are they going to do with Bryson? Because you know, you, we we've already talked about the left side. Left side spoken for. Well, if Bryson stinks on the left side, you don't want to use him there. But if he's really good on the right side, maybe that solves an issue. I mean, granted, you're still looking for your number one right hand D. But like, you know, if you're talking Yoki Haru and Bryson, you know, as you're, you know, somewhere in your two and three in there, or, you know, if Bryson's your number seven, whatever. Um, it's not a bad option. Uh, now, having Bryson kind of show him the ropes, uh, I don't know. That's, if that's the problem. Yeah. I don't know if that's the way you want to go with it. Like that, that's where you could, so, you could have, you could probably have a lot more excitement with power with Bryson. But if you want to get him acclimated to things and have him have somebody kind of, you know, be as, uh, you know, kind of be a chaperone, I guess, uh, to, to show him around, then I think you got to go Pesic or Miller, which I mean, again, I, I don't I don't know which of those two guys is the one that's it's six of one half dozen of the other when, when it comes to deciding, you know, which one you want to have play those last eight games. Yeah, I think that. I think it's going to be Colin Miller. That's just a hunch, right? I think that mm-hmm. they know each other from Colin being at World Championships, even though it was brief before his injury. He was still around. Mm-hmm. He still met him. Older player, a lot of experience, played in the Stanley Cup final. He's somebody who's going to be on the PK, so they can develop some chemistry at, at even strength. They can work that out. And as much as you see Owen get involved offensively, um, you would – I'm sure that Don Granado is going to tell him you've got the green light, do whatever you feel like, but you still mm-hmm. need somebody who's going to be that very responsible guy. And as much as, you know, I've, I've liked Pissick's game, especially of course the first half of the season and maybe a little bit after that, I think that just Colin Miller, given, you know, where he's at, I think you at least start there. Of course, if, if it doesn't look like it's working, then you can bring in Pissick. They're in a good situation as much as, you know, we talked about the deadline. They should have traded a defenseman. We still think that they should have. You got extra guys now, so you could you could rotate in if you need to. And I'm curious to see how they use Casey Fitzgerald now. That Fitzgerald Samuelson pairing didn't, you know, finish all that well against that Tampa, in that Tampa Bay yeah. game. So I've liked Bryson with Samuelson. So there's there's mm-hmm. some pieces here, but I think that they're going to value the experience over anything when it comes to to Powers partner. What about former Hobie Baker winner sleeper candidate Will Butcher? No, I'm I'm I'm. I don't, I don't see that happening. I, I feel bad for Will Butcher because of the yeah. injury, like the injury and it just, it, it just never took off for him this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like his skating has got impacted by it. It was an MCL injury. That's, that's a tough one. That's his yeah. game. Skating is his game. So mm-hmm. 
Uh, very good guy. Hope hope that he finds his game again. I just right now I just don't see a spot for him in the lineup or any, you know, especially yeah. with Owen arriving. Yeah, that's yeah. I mean, we we knew somebody was gonna have to take it on the chin once once Power yeah. came into camp, and you know, if there are other guys, if there's another guy coming to camp, it, it's you know coming to the team in the next week maybe, then you know it gets even tighter at that point. But um, but this you know I I, I you know figuring out who he plays with is, is one conversation. The other conversation, and I, this, this one for me is, is more of a worry wart, you know, chicken little kind of thing. <laughs> Do you care about whether you burn the first year of his contract or not? Cause I sure don't, I don't, <laughs> I, it doesn't bother me in the least. No, he needs to get these games needs, needs to get them. And the, the, the most important thing is getting him under contract, right? I mean, there was mm-hmm. still angst among the fan base that what if, what if he doesn't sign the plan all along, <laughs> which was communicated by power from day one and was I'm going back to school and then I'm ready for the NHL. I just wanted, mm-hmm. I want to do one more time. That was always, that was always the case. It was just figuring out when and how. And so, and again, like I, I look back to last spring with Samuelson in particular, and he didn't play a ton of games. I think it was 12 uh, overall, but still mm-hmm. how helpful that was to him and having conversations with Matias about, you know, hey, now I know what it's like defending against Sidney Crosby. I went into my off season and I knew, okay, this is, this is what I need to do to, to prepare for this role. And, and again, and I think Owen needs to get in, in that group and just sort of get, in, integrated into life as an NHL or especially with what they're trying to build. Yeah. I, I'm looking at these games and, you know, I, maybe it's fortunate for power that he got to skip the bulk of this, this absolutely nasty run of going you know, from going from Nashville to Florida to Carolina back to, you know, going down to Florida, playing Tampa. And now he's getting in for Toronto, but they're only going to play two playoff teams the rest of the way. St. Yep. Louis in Chicago or not Chicago. <laughs> Good one, Joe Boston. Uh, the other one, but like, you know, the Islanders have played tough in the second half. Devils are weird. I don't know what their deal is. The flyers. Well, they got Risto. So, you know, we know how that goes and, you know, Chicago doesn't really play any defense to, you know, to, to be spoken of. So, I mean, and there's plenty you know, of practice time and they love, you know, that's exactly what he's going to need is, is practice time to yeah. really take advantage of the games he's going to have. Yeah, it's pretty wild because, like, you know, last day of the season is the 29th, and, you know, here we are. Well, this episode, you'll be hearing this episode on April 11th, but that's, you know, two and a half weeks of getting to kind of screw around and, and practice with the guys and, and get used to the, what the whole thing's like. I mean, that's it's a pretty sweet deal uh, as far as that goes. But, um, and we can't worry about contracts, especially with what happened with the Sabres over yeah. the last few days. You got to get guys under contract. That's yeah. the rest of it. Worry about it later. The Sabres, their salary cap is as clear as could be moving forward. And now, I mean, Joe, that segue, we love it on yeah. the podcast. We love segues. And we spoke about this possibility last week. Uh, we're not patting ourselves on the back because we were really the bearers of bad news of the bearers. Yeah. Of- <laughs> we were, we were, yeah, we were, we were kind of the, uh, the, the wicked warlocks of, of the East. Cause uh, boy, we got talking about Levi and Portillo and we're like, you know, wh- which one do you think is going to sign? Which one's going to do it? And, Big old me, big old meanie me says, well, what if neither of them signs? What happens? What do, what do we do then? How does that work? And we're like, nah, that can't happen. There's no way that could happen. And sure enough, 
Portillo's going back, Levi's going back, and now the Cal Peterson nightmare for every Sabres fan has come back, come back into focus. And now it's like, okay, do we trade both of them? Do we trade, you know, which one do we trade? Do we, you know, we just wing it and say like, well, maybe they'll come after next year. It's, it's a giant, giant smoking gun conversation. This is ripe for conspiracy theorists, nonsense fans, and boy, oh boy. The talking points have already begun with a lot of fans already because they're just like, I can't believe this is going to happen again. Now, do we really, is, well, we don't care. We're just observing. But is there a re- <laughs> I I don't live or die with the team. Please, please. I'm trying to keep some kind of sanity here. But let's, <laughs> is there a reason to worry about either of these guys? Levi, no. Uh, I'll tell you that because of my conversation, just stop talking to Devin Levi at the College Hockey Awards after he won the Mike Richter mm-hmm. and just hearing him, you know, in his in his acceptance speech for the award, all you know, mo- like a bunch of his Northeastern teammates showed up to, to that. Like he included them in his speech more than once, and in the speech mentioned, you know, an anecdote about when he was deciding whether to go to college, if he was ready for it, and mm-hmm. he just mentioned that my dad told me at the time that it's not about what other people think is your the right decision; it's what you do to make your decision right. And I think that that was the big. The big thing for Devin Levi was going back to school, get this. You know, they, they think they're going to have as good a chance as anybody to win the national title. I mean, you can you know, roll your eyes or disagree with that as much as you want. The kid <laughs> wants to go back. He's only played one real college hockey season. And college hockey, if you've been around it, like the Frozen yeah. Four, it's unbelievable. I don't blame any kid for wanting to do that. You know, oh, 20 yeah. years old to pick that over going to Rochester. Like, I love mm-hmm. Rochester as a city. Don't get me wrong, but the grind <laughs> minor league hockey can be a little tough for young guys. They want to be young. Yeah. They want to experience what their their classmates and guys who are also their age are, are, are doing. And he's got Mike Condon, former NHL goalie, as his goalie coach at Northeastern. They've got a really tight relationship. He wanted to go mm-hmm. back and work with, with Condon on his game. And as we've learned about Levi in the past, he's very calculated about his development, and he's okay with being patient. He's not in a rush to get this thing done. He wants to prepare himself the right way. And with two more years left to go with him, I think that Sabres fans way too soon to early to, to worry. I think they're in good shape there. He said some really nice things about the Sabres, watched mm-hmm. the Frozen Four game with Terry Pagula and Kevin Adams in, in a suite at TD Garden. Seems all kumbaya, so... I think they're good there. But Eric Portillo, with only one more year left to sign him, becomes a UFA in the summer of 2023. If he's honored a contract, yeah, that's Joe. Now, that's a – I'm glad you said – you made sure to say the date because our our friends at Cap Friendly who are wonderful, they're they're 99.9% of the time perfect and right about everything. They were not correct on his date. Yes, I double checked. I double checked with what sources. It is next summer, so the clock is now ticking, and and uh, you're not going to lose him for nothing, Joe. But no. it would not surprise me at all if he's you got to do something, and that might be a trade at some point, mm-hmm. which is a shame because he was really good for Michigan yeah. this season, and he was awesome in that that Frozen Four game against Denver. That's uh, you know, this is something that I was kind of looking at all along. Cause I was like, he was drafted in 2019. There's mm-hmm. how did, I mean, again, you know, coming from Sweden, playing the USHL, I was like, I don't think that does anything to extend how much longer 
you know, they, they need to sign him. I don't think that adds a year by at, at all, because I remembered, you know, granted Cal Peterson wasn't coming from Sweden. He was coming from Iowa, which I mean, you know, weird in a, in a different kind of way, but, um, but he, but he also did spent another year in the USHL before going to Notre Dame and his four years were up when he was a junior, which, Hey, Eric yeah. Portillo's a junior. And I was like, I don't see the difference here apart from him coming from Sweden, but he wasn't loaned by his Swedish team to play in the USHL, which to me said he's still on the four year calendar because he was drafted out of Dubuque. Like, you know, Neil, you know, Alex Nylander was drafted out of drafted out of Sweden via Mississauga if I'm not, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken on that, but like knowing this, I was like, I think they got to wait. I, I think they got to get them done by next, by next August. And I'm glad you proved yeah. me right. So thank you, Lance. You're welcome. <laughs> it's, and I'm sure that, well, I mean, listeners don't want to hear that. It's the reality no. though. It's an unfortunate reality. Obviously the Sabres wanted him to sign Eric. Porth. Eric's very involved in the business school in Michigan. Luke Hughes is going back. They still think they're going to have a pretty good team. They got some really good recruits yeah, coming they're, in, but they're, still, they're going I mean, to, this is a really, this is a tough, it's a tough one for the Sabres and they feel really good. Not only about those two, but they, about UPL still, they got mm-hmm. three really good young goalies. And now it's not only uh, no GM is going to envy Kevin Adams in this spot. Not only do you no. have to figure out what to do with Eric Portillo now, because you can't lose him for nothing. You can't. And are you really going to roll the dice and hope that after his college season as a junior is over, that he's going to be ready to, to sign? Cause a trade's a lot more difficult at that point to swing. Yeah. That is That's, not with the timing of it. That is a tough one to pull off. Now, this is where you start picking around at goalies elsewhere and start trying to kick around trade ideas. And, you know, I, you know, you, you look at guys in situations where you're like, I don't know if this is, you know, if, the, if they're really supposed to be there anymore, or if it's going to work out there anymore. You, know, you start thinking about like, well, I don't know, maybe John Gibson. And you start looking, you know, you, you get really big dreams and you think like, oh, maybe they can make a run of Connor Hellebuck. And you're thinking, well, if your starting point is automatically like Portillo's part of that deal, it's a pretty good start. And then you have two other first round picks this year that you could say, I could part with one of those if it, if it means getting like a guy like Connor Hellebuck. Holy crap. And take, you, you can you can take the Vegas pick like that's fine. You're drafting a goalie, too, if you if you trade. Eric and that's in that situation you got to restock um but you got the draft picks to do it so you could be in a far yeah. worse position of course John Gibson is I mean that's the guy that I would go after Joe if you're going mm-hmm. for longer term yeah. but he's got the modified no trade clause which is a 10 team list we don't know mm-hmm. if the Sabres were on or not but hey sometimes those lists don't matter yeah. to teams when they're negotiating or executing trades. As we Evgeny Dadnov. I mean, Patrick Berglund. The, uh, the interesting layer to this, though, is that Kevin Adams has said repeatedly he doesn't want to block any of the three young guys. So with that in mind, if they really do feel that UPL is ready for that test to be the potential number one, I'm not bringing back Craig Anderson in that situation. UPL has not no. shown me enough yet to, for me to think that he is the absolute starting goaltender. You're going to mm-hmm. need an upgrade. You're going to need somebody who's going to be able to play more games, but also someone who might, who requiring them would not deter Devin Levi from signing. Cause I think yeah. that Joe, like if you acquire somebody like John Gibson, I mean, who knows? It, because again, when you have these, when you have a, an NCAA athlete in this situation, it's not only them making the decision. They've got their parents who, who are weighing mm-hmm. in. They're 
representation. You're not allowed to call them agents yeah. yet. Their representation. You got yeah. their their position coaches from back home. It's all these people who are. And if you got somebody like John Gibson coming in with six years left on it, well, I think it'd be five years left on his deal. That's mm-hmm. tough. So you gotta you gotta bridge it. As much as the Sabers feel really good <laughs> about the prospect pool, I know that will right. change a little bit. Portillo's gone. You gotta find a bridge solution, and that's not easy. It's just it's just not. They don't want to. They don't want to Robin Leonard themselves. Robin Leonard, or Cal Peterson themselves again, because that's exactly what happened when they traded for Leonard. Because you had Leonard, you had Olmark, you had Jonas Johansson, and then Cal Peterson's going like, "Where do I fit in?" And it's and I'm not playing in the ECHL. Like that's that's where that began and ended. And now granted, if he'd waited another two years, <laughs> if if he had signed, he would have been he would have flown right to the top of the list. Probably him and Olmark would have been duking it out for a while, but. Um, but like, this is, this is a very awkward spot. Now, granted Sabres haven't done themselves any favors over the last, I want to say eight years. They've drafted three goalies in the last eight years. That's not good. Like you got to draft a goalie basically every other year just to keep yourself safe. And you got to draft the right ones. I mean, when they, when they picked it, Jonas Johansson, as much as I I like, he's a really nice guy. Like Elvis Merzlikens was, was available at that point. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and plus you would have thought maybe Zemgus would have like, I'm like, hey, get my guy Elvis. Like, he's he's pretty good. Yeah, just, it, just ask the it's, Latvian about the Latvian. Wasn't Ted Nolan still around then? Ask the ask the guy who coached Latvia. Well, I think, well, I think that might have been the. Problem. Oh, that might have been a bad idea. <laughs> well, I, hey, well, that I, might I not have worked that, out. I, yeah, I think maybe. Yeah. Well, anyways, yeah. I, but like, <laughs> but that's what I mean though. Like, we're talking like the last what eight years they've drafted three goalies. The last twelve years they drafted six. You know, I mean, that, I mean, but when you're looking at it, you drafted three in four years and then you did three in the next eight. Like that's, I mean, and then you're in a spot where you tr- trade for a goalie in Devin Levi. And now suddenly you're just like, oh my God, we got too many goalies. And it's like, I don't know, do you? There's no such thing it, as too it, many. I mean, it's, it's I mean look at what Pittsburgh, I mean, like uh, Pittsburgh's one of those teams that kept drafting guys and they ended up just like Gustafson is a guy that they used to, to make a trade to, I mean, it got Derek Broussard, so that that part of it, yeah. it didn't really work out, but then, right. you know, if, if you, if they don't play for you, that you could also trade the, like, it's a nice piece to have. I was surprised the Sabres actually didn't draft one last summer because of all the picks yeah. they had. I thought that they would add another one after acquiring Levi mm-hmm. in the Reinhardt trade. But yeah, I mean, when you're, and you're looking at the Rochester situation next year, we're looking yeah. at a likely situation where they're not going to have a prospect down there. Yeah. So who's, who's the goalie in Ranch? In my opinion, it's it's going to be Malcolm Subban. That seems like mm-hmm. a perfect spot for him. No other NHL team is going to be ready to give him a job. He's been sticking around the Sabres yep. this entire time. Like he's like really well liked. The Sabres, will, they want him back, I think, in mm-hmm. that probably in that capacity. But the NHL job, man, I don't know what they're going to do if Craig Anderson says I'm going, I'm retiring or I'm going to mm-hmm. go sign with the Tampa Bay Lightning on a one-year contract. Even still, I mean – you know, listen, I know yeah, I'm, I'm people, you. people got, uh, you know, crazy thinking like, well, if Anderson was healthy all year, they're a playoff team, which I mean, playoffs. I mean yeah. <laughs> Jim Moore, Jim Moore is on line two saying playoffs, <laughs> playoffs, then, but like, I, 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 I can't help but think if you're going into the season with Anderson and Lukanen, you're not making the playoffs. No. I mean, unless UPL blows up and becomes, you know, he goes Mark Andre Fleury style, where it was just like, "Aha, good team in front of me now, let's go!" Like, 
okay, which I mean, hey, it's, it's very possible. He's playing he's playing behind a team that plays zero defense right now in Rochester. So he also has an injury history, Joe. The concern. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like you know, they haven't had significant injuries the last two years, but they've just they've still been injuries. Yeah. Know? And that's some insurance there. I don't. And then you're back if your backup's 41 push going on 42, you're not winning anything, man. And you and you don't have anybody in Rochester that that you think like, okay, well, maybe they can do it. You know, because then you're I mean, are we talking about them keeping Aaron Dell? Do you, no. do you resign no him way. and keep him for Rochester? <laughs> He's winning games, Lance. No, Come no on. Way. Let him go play for the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> They're looking for anybody at this point. No, I mean, I think it'll be Malcolm Subban and somebody else, whether that's Michael Hauser or they sign a college free agent and they, they go that route. Arden McKay or. Dryden, yeah, Dryden McKay. Well, I mean, we were, you know, we were told he's the Hobie Baker winner. I mean, he's he was the best goalie in hockey for winning 38 games this yeah, season. Dryden. You know, I mean, hey, listen, he had a great season. He did. I mean, it's not like it's some BS stuff. It's just he had Marty, Marty Brodeur kind of action. They awarded him facing 20 shots a game. Like, okay, they awarded him for his complete body of work over his four years as a starter and getting all those shutouts instead of actually weighing his season, which, yeah, college hockey uh, is it's the best, (laughs) yeah, but it is just they need to rethink the way that they do things. It was uh, him getting the uh, the Hobie was Scorsese getting the uh, best director actor or best director Oscar for for The Departed, where it's like that's not even as close to his best movie, but that's when he got it for so that's the one that counts bizarre i yeah. think yeah or strauss band is another guy who's going to be looking for an nhl contract probably i think he only signed a one-year deal over in the swedish hockey league and... what a twist that would be yeah trade trade portillo and sign the guy well, <laughs> sign the got... guy that, that kept portillo from playing his freshman year this goes back to last <laughs> summer and i know that they didn't want to overpay all mark and i still think that was the smart moves but yeah. losing him ended up being like Anderson's been great. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but mm-hmm. losing Linus, Linus could have been the perfect bridge, mm-hmm. whether that's on, I'm sure that they would have preferred two to three years rather than giving him those four to five that he probably wanted. Yeah. Um, didn't want to go that far. And of course he's not even really the starter in Boston, although he's been playing well again recently. It's, yeah. it's a tough one. Cause you look at the trademark we've gone over it in previous podcasts. I mean, you got, mm-hmm. you know, Georgiev, you know, is a guy who's probably going to yeah. be available. Samsonov's going to be available in Washington. They're mm-hmm. guys that are reclamation projects. I'm sure that Peter Mraz is going to be available again. If mm-hmm. anyone's interested. It's <laughs> a no. Yeah, sorry, dog. Peter. Uh, yeah, I love I love Peter Mrazek. I loved him when he came up with Detroit, but no, he's a no for me. No. That's, that's a no. That's a no for me, man. I can't. I I I feel zero confidence. Yeah, with, as with him as, with him coming in like as that. Much as, as much as they figured this thing out, they still need to get the goalie situation, and that's you know it got a lot. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. It's a huge problem. And you're like, right. I, you're going to hear Kevin Adams undersell how big of a problem it is at his end of season presser. For sure, and it, yeah, that's his job. He doesn't want anybody to panic. Right. But the, in the big in the big picture, when you really look at this thing, it's a big problem, and they got to figure it out. And it's not going to be easy because I think team teams that are trying to trade goalies are going to be looking at Buffalo situation. They see those three first round picks. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, we'll give you so and so, who's probably not going to be that good for a first round pick, and. You can't just, you can't gamble in free agency again because you're gonna get the eleventh hour no. and you're gonna have a one year seven hundred fifty thousand dollar contract for Brian Elliott or somebody. Right. Like like not to not to you know relive bad moments in podcast history here, but I had to go fire up the uh, 
cap friendly to find who the UFAs are next it's for this summer. Good. It's bad. It's I mean, yeah, Mark Andre Fleury is 37. You think he wants to end his career in Buffalo? No. Darcy Kemper, Colorado going to let him go? Mm, we'll see yeah, how it goes. We'll yeah, see how it goes in the playoffs. You know. And it's Miko Koskinen, like Miko, Miko Koskinen, Tomas Grice, Jonas Corposalo, uh, Martin Jones, you know, Braden Holpe, like Samsonov, like uh, Samsonov's RFA, like forget him. Jack Campbell. I mean, I mean, he's American, so I mean, he's got that going for him. But like, <laughs> you know, Yarrow Halak, you know, David Riddick, you know, Casey DeSmith, Phoenix Copley, like, get out of here. It's the, bad. If, I mean, listen, we may have just solved the Rochester goaltending issue there but like we haven't done anything to, to I mean, figure I would, out what buffalo is gonna do i'm not counting out the smith because of the, the connection to jason carmanos but uh, i'm not saying that that's something they should do i'm just saying that casey dismiss is a name to watch because we all know mark andre fleury's yeah. going back to pittsburgh and smith's ain't dismiss not going back there so yeah i mean if i mean i i guess if you just need somebody to keep the seat warm the smith kind of makes sense yeah, I mean, I mean, he's not that great. I mean, need, you need to start with where they're at. They need somebody who could potentially play 30 games. You can't bet on Lucanen, right? I mean, no. you just can't with just what the situation is. It's mm-hmm. not, and it's not, it's not Ukopeka Lucanen's fault. He's just playing, nope. he's playing on a team that's bad defensively, and it makes it very difficult to evaluate his performance. Mm hmm. It, what about, it, uh, it's really difficult. The, the Sabres are happy with what he's doing, you know, from really analyzing the quality of shots that he's stopping and just the reaction when he does give up a stop one, like they're happy with it. But still, I just don't think you can really gamble on that right now. I, I, how about, how about Kevin Lankinen? <laughs> he's been, he's been awful on a bad team. He's still somehow their starter. I, I don't know how, but he is. Uh, but it, like, I keep going back to it. Billy Huso is the perfect guy, but like you have to give, you probably have to give him four years. Yeah. Or, three, or four five, years. Probably. Yeah. Like you're not doing five, that. And he's 27. Five, like he's a, five he's years a, with a six, six AAV, maybe five AAV. Something oh, around there for like 50 games. Cause his numbers are just completely juiced by playing on that team and the way they yeah. are. They, they defend just, they help goalies get paid. Like yeah. Jordan Bennington's not a, I don't think Jordan Bennington is, anything other than an average NHL goaltender, which is still like, yeah. Hey, that there's a lot of value in that, but right. <clears throat> but or, I mean, no, uh, but like, what's he, he's got so many years left. He's got, well, Oh my God. How many, oh, when is his, when is his contract, his contract's up in 26, 27. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like, be surprised if Seattle with Dreger, if they're going to try to move him, Mm-hmm. He's got two more years left at 3.5 with a modified no trade, which I don't know why he has. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. I don't know why teams just give that to just anybody. Like, they just uh, it's, some teams, like the, it's just like an add-on for the con- – oh, you signed the deal. By the way, here's your 10-team no trade. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Cool. Wait, they just hope that they don't submit it on time. <laughs> right. The agents fall asleep and like, oh, was I – I had something to do today. What was I supposed to do again? I I don't know. Uh, well, what's that? Berglund got traded to Buffalo. Well, let me check his list. Oh, there's, yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Oh, I was supposed to do something. That's what it, oh, crap. Like oh, it's, man. it sounds like the, the Islanders aren't going to move Arlamov. Although like, again, that's a guy that with only one year left on his contract, perfect fit. I would, yeah. I would like And also, aren't they still up against him. the cap too? Yeah, they're going to be like, if they want to do anything, they, yeah, I mean, if they want to do anything, they're going to have to move something because 
Uh, Kiefer Bellows is, or Noah Dobson is an RFA, but he's not our, I don't, so that's going to be a payday. And their D is going to be, they're going to have a hole on D for sure, at least two holes. So yeah, they're Mm going to throw up with some cap space. So if they don't trade Varlamov, they're going to trade somebody. Right. Because they're not trading Sorokin. That'd be insane. No, like that, they'd be dumb as yeah, hell to do that. That's that's the one thing that they've solved. They they got their goalie. I think I think Sorokin's mm-hmm. good, but now they're going to create space and Varlamov. Hey, I mean, say what you will about him, he's better than the other options we've already listed. Yeah, <laughs> it's no, a realistic option with one year left. You could flip him at the deadline if if UPL ends up being ready for ready for the show. Yeah, and I think you know if you invite the Russian kids over for for a training camp just to like see what it's like and then send them back, send them back to Russia. Gosh, I need um, to get over here. I'm so yeah, interested well, to see yeah. where that whole situation goes. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Well, let's not, let's say, let's pocket that one for yeah. the summer. Let's, let's not, let's not even get thinking about that stuff. But like, but like the Island is like, the Isles have like Richard Ponick dumped in, you know, dumped in the minors. Like, okay. You know, like they, 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 they cut Leo Komarov like in the middle of the season. They're just like, yeah, just, Get, get going like just take off and then he ends up you know ends up playing for oh forget it i, I forget who he's oh he, he went to play for estonia and like the qualify the olympic qualifiers or something and it was like okay <laughs> okay man like get get at it man like that, that's cool i thought the islanders were heading in a really good spot totally off topic by the way but lou amarillo really screwed that up with Wait, get Leafs fans going about Lou. Ooh. Like, well, we don't we I mean, don't have any of them on our <laughs> listening to our podcast. No, <laughs> that's why we have nice laughs out of them. Except they, they you know, Austin's going to deal with. Except Matthews is going to score like sixty five goals this year. Well, if he keeps going at this rate, he's going to score seventy. But yeah, the team's know. going nowhere in the playoffs. They only have two no. players that are really doing anything. So no, 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 because the game completely changes in the playoffs, and they're not ready for it. Like just like they never are, anyways. Plus, they're going to play like Tampa or Boston in the first round, which. Good luck, guys. You know, like this, you know, that's when people start crying about, you know, oh, the playoff format's unfair. It's like, no, you'd still be playing one of those two teams regardless. So, you know. And the thing is, Joe, that Sabres fans, they, they might be receiving more bad news this week. We don't know what Ryan Johnson's going to do. And as much as, yeah, he's a left shot defenseman, the Sabres have plenty of those right now. He's still a good player. And mm-hmm. if he was able to move to the right side and really carve out a role with Rochester, I mean, he would go to Rochester and play 20. 20- 23 minutes a game with where they're at right now. Like he would get a ton of time developing down there, not only this season, but next on a good team. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. With some good prospects and the ability to really get to his game and make an impact professionally right away. But I mean, he's going into a senior year. If again, if he doesn't sign right now, then you got to panic UFA mm-hmm. next, next summer, along with Portillo and Ryan Johnson was a first round pick. Those are guys that you yeah. shouldn't have trouble signing. Mm-hmm. You would think it would be easy, especially because of the defensive problems and the goaltending problems the Sabres have had. But yet, you know, now I I, I can give him a little bit of a break on on Johnson because his freshman year, like he was a legit true freshman, you know, had just gotten out of high school by the time he had started playing for the Gophers. And he was bad his first year. He was 17 when he got drafted. Like he was really raw and young when they picked him. They knew this was going to be a project. And right. it was going to come down to it being this list late. And you could argue that he would benefit from going back for sure, mm-hmm. development wise. But, but also, if you're the Sabres, you're like, hey, man, contract's right here, bud. Like, you're going to go try to help the Emmerichs maybe somehow steal a playoff spot, which they probably aren't going to do. But, um, but like, if he tells you, like, no, man, I'm going back, trade, like, instant trade, like, that's an insta trade. <laughs> 
Like, just, all right, see ya. Like, I would we're, we're not going to wait it out. The Sabres philosophy on that one, because, again, that's another guy that Seattle's a team with with Botterill there that mm-hmm. would absolutely have interest if there's a, a trade opportunity. They're gonna, there's going to be interest in Ryan Johnson if, this, if the Sabres end up trying to shop his NHL rights. We'll, mm-hmm. we'll see where that goes. I checked in on it on Saturday night. Still no decision. Minnesota, of course, is still going to have a good team next year. So, yeah. and... They played very poorly in their game against Minnesota State in the first yes. four. Although Minnesota State is very good, right? Very well yeah. coached, yeah, extremely well coached. And um, but yeah, I, I do wonder. I've always wondered with Johnson that maybe maybe he wants to play on the West Coast. You know, I mean, it's where he's, he's from. He lives in Southern California with his you know his old man Craig. And you know, I mean, listen, if I lived in Southern California, I don't know that I really want to leave either. But like. You know, some guys, you know, listen, it'd be hard to give that up, especially, you know, giving up Southern Cali, Southern Cal for Buffalo. No knocks on Buffalo, but like, listen, Santa Monica Pier isn't isn't at the Erie, Erie Basin, okay? Like, that's that's just not comparable. It's a, to expand on on Johnson, his of course, his dad, Craig, played in the NHL as part of the Wayne Gretzky trade. <laughs> and um, oh my he's God, worked... I forgot he was in the Gretzky yeah, trade. Jesus. Yeah, oh, and he, he's worked in development, so he knows all about development. And when you mm-hmm. look at Ryan Johnson's specific situation where the Sabres are at, to no fault of their own, they've got Darlene, they've got Samuelson, and they've, they've got Owen Power. Yeah. And not only are those guys left shot D, but they're also – Two of them run the power play and Ryan yeah. Johnson with his skill set, he's probably looking at, I mean, when you're looking at putting on the playing, the power play in the NHL, it's an opportunity to, to make money <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and yeah. to not really have to change your game a ton because changing your game and your identity as a player at this stage of your development is difficult. And if he goes to Rochester, not only is he eventually going to have to play the right side, he's also going to have to change his identity and his role. He's going to have to be mm-hmm. a, a PK guy. He's going to have to be, Words really strong defensively, and it's just it's just all going to be up to him because that development path, I'm sure, is not what he envisioned when he was selected in the first round by the Sabers. A lot has changed since then, and I'd say that, that's tough. That's tough for him, and it's tough for Buffalo. I say this is what happens when see the hot take police is coming now. It's that, that's <laughs> they, they, they finally arrived, but this is what happens when uh, you change leadership yeah the gm spot like this is what I, like because they don't keep the same you know nobody's keeping the same notes hell they didn't even keep the same staff they they sent them packing too but like this is what this is what happens because you, you're thinking like well i'm gonna do things my way and which you you're the gm you should you shouldn't be like coasting on whatever what everybody else has done but when it comes to things like this though you gotta have a plan ready in case like in case something weird gets gets going and then you're like, I don't know how we're going to handle this. Like, you have to be prepared for for all of that. And that's not to say that Kevin Adams hasn't been prepared, but like the way he's designed the team, it may not align with what Bottrell did before him. Just like how Bottrell, yeah. the way he wanted to do things, didn't align with what Tim Murray did before him. I mean, oh, granted, he should have kept Brandon Hagel, but that's a whole other thing. You know, like that's you know, but that's where these things get, get get lost in the transition. Put your GM hat on, Joe, or your amateur scouting director hat. And if okay. you're you're evaluating a draft pick, whether it's in the first, we'll say the first three rounds, mm-hmm. if the kid is on a track to go to the NCAA, and we know the challenges mm-hmm. that come with that, are you going to pass him up? 
potentially because of the signing factor in this. I mean, the signability with an NCAA player can be a little bit more difficult for than somebody in that's going to planning who's planning on playing in the Swedish Hockey League or we'll say Ligo mm-hmm. in Finland or you know sometimes even juniors. I know that there was always that talk that Bottle avoided OHL guys because of the obvious. Um, mm-hmm. Where, where, where do you stand? Because I think that this debate is going to really start, especially if the Sabres aren't able to sign Ryan Johnson. It's, there's going to be some frustration with yeah. that development track. That's uh, I, I did actually have somebody on Twitter ask me that. They're like, you know, is this going to affect how the Sabres are going to, you know, look at how they're going to draft in the future? And I'm like, sure. I don't, I, and it shouldn't, and I don't think it will because they they really love. You know, the USHL guys, they really love guys that go to college. They, you know, that, that track, I mean, yeah, it was a big Bottrell thing, but they really like that track anyways. Like that's, that's a, that's a road the Sabres seem to really enjoy going down when it comes down to it. Uh, but, but I, I don't know, to me, the, the talent belies everything. Like if the, if the guy's talented enough and he's going to college, okay, fine. Like you deal with it, but you got to be very proactive both as both as a scout and as a GM and like the whole staff has got to be very on top of that. You know, contact has to be kept constantly. Like you got to be, you got to have like a weekly like phone call with them, you know, and just, you know, check in on them, go, go watch them play, you know, very occasionally, you know, occasionally when you gotta make sure you're staying on top of everything. Don't just send, you know, scouts and whatnot to go talk to them, but you got to make FaceTime yourself and do that. That, I mean, it makes your job a little bit, you know, a little bit more busy, a little bit more difficult, but, but if you really want that guy and you really want to keep him and you really want to get him signed, you got to stay on top of that. Like, and you also have to have some faith in your own ways to develop guys too, because a lot of the times guys are kept in college. Cause like how oh, they'll develop there, they'll be fine. Well, yeah, that's cool until you're like, all right, we're ready to, we're ready to sign you. And then it's, you know, they're a year, you know, maybe two years away from being able to sign anywhere at that point. Well, I don't care now. Like, I mean, yeah, you look at what happened with with VZ and you know some of these other guys in the past yeah, where Adam Fox, yeah, Adam Fox, yeah. like you know these guys were just kind of like, yeah, I mean you let me develop and now I won the Hobie and now I'm like one of the best you know offensive defensemen in the, in college hockey or I'm a thirty goal scorer in college hockey and now I can pick where I want to go and that's what I'm going to do. So uh, you know that that's the risk you run, but like stay on top of it. You know have you know. Once the guy turns, you know, once the guy gets past his, you know, his sophomore year, just be like, okay, we're ready to go. Like, let's let's get it done. This absolutely won't impact the Sabers' uh, mindset. I mean, their amateur scouting director Jerry Ford was a longtime college mm-hmm. coach, you know, at Niagara, UMass, Lowell, and and Harvard. So that's he's not going to change. College, he's been their college scout for a long time too. Yes, yes, they've got really they're they're strong in the college scouting department. They've had it success finding guys and. Really, what you have to do is you have to trust your ability to build an organization that people want to be a part of. The Sabres are on track to doing that, you know, that's going to make guys want to sign with you and want to come join what you're building. But right now, it's it's a little early in the process. And I think that this is also circumstances, whether it's Levi wanting to go and, you know, remember his season ended in a really brutal way with the, mm-hmm. with that play in overtime. I think yeah. that, that certainly does not sit well with him. And I think he and wants... The- I think the Hobie thing had a big part in that yeah, too. Yeah, I think that that does too. And um, 
And I think he wants to enjoy college, a patient kid. And then, of course, regime change with the other two, with with Portillo and Johnson. And, mm-hmm. you know, as much as we don't know exactly what – and Johnson might still sign. You still just don't know. There's different factors here. So it can't really mm-hmm. impact you long term. I still think it's great. I'm very curious. Again, I know we, we'll talk about this at some other time, but the Russia issue, or is that going to change? I mean, the Sabres went very heavy with mm-hmm. Russia last year. I don't know if we're going to see the same with not only them, but other teams. So, yeah. Big questions, though, as much as the prospect pipeline is is certainly improved, this is a pretty big, well, we don't say step, you know, big setback, but certainly a setback in terms of what this could mean moving forward. Yeah, it's it's a disappointment for sure. But I, you know, again, it's something where it's, you know, you're put in a tough spot as, as Adams because these weren't guys you drafted and scouted yeah. initially. Like you're, you're, you know, you're picking up those files and saying like, okay, what do we got here? And then deciding if those guys fit what you're looking to do down the road. And if they are, well, they've already spent a year, two years, three years in college. And then you're trying to trying to say like, all right, like, hey, we're new to this, but like we want to get you involved. And at that point, the guy just might be like, well, I've already made myself a really nice college career. So I think I'm just going to go play where I want to play. I don't have to I don't have to stick. I don't have to stay here and play with you guys. I can just do whatever I want, which I mean, hey, listen, people get mad about that. People get mad about that with with guys. They're like, they're drafted by the team. They got to play for that team. No, no, they don't. <laughs> no, no, they don't have to do that. Now, I mean, not everybody has to do the the Jack Johnson or the Blake Wheeler thing and just be like, yeah, you know what? I'm just I'm just gonna hold out for a while, and you know, I'm gonna make you have to trade me. But you know, I mean, this is you know, this is kind of what happens. And like, but like this this has to be somewhere. Adams has to be. You know, it's it's gonna stink if he has to if he has to trade Portillo and he has to trade Johnson you have to say like this too shall pass. We're going to correct this. We're going to be better by it. Like that's, that's the way you got to move ahead with it. Joe, it's amazing how, I mean, it's, it's been such a busy week, but the biggest storylines have been guys who aren't, who weren't on this team at the start of the week or, you know, might not be, <laughs> you know, it's just been, might all not be with ever. It's been all prospect <laughs> talk. So of course, with the Sabres, the, the road trip that started better, of course they blew a couple of leads and then on yeah. Sunday in Tampa Bay was a disaster with, losing the way that they did but yeah you know we won't there we're not going to bore people with recapping those games you guys watch them I'm, you read about them and um we'll move on because i'm curious to see what's next with cody eakin he was a late scratch sunday uh with an injury no real information given by don granado mm-hmm. anders bjork played and not easy sitting as long as anders bjork did and then getting into the no. lineup against tampa bay but he didn't play you know he didn't play his best game um, i'm gonna put it nicely there so yeah. I want to see, honestly, Joe, I'll get right into it. If Cody Eakin misses any amount of time, I, w- I want to see Jack Quinn get more games in the NHL. They got one more roster move to make. There's still emergency recalls you could do if you got injuries. They got mm-hmm. extra bodies. The kids lighting it up in Rochester, scoring goals. Give play, Put them in the lineup again in Toronto mm-hmm. on the night of Powers debut and see where it takes you. Yeah. You get, I think, yeah, I, I, you know, listen, we've been on the Quinn should be on the team for like the last two month train, yes. two or three months. Just like, come on, man. Like he's just kind of, he's kind of wasting his time, but Roch is in a bad place right now. And, you know, their playoff prospects look pretty rough at, you know, at, the, at this moment anyways, but um, yeah, get him in there. And like, it's, it's the Leafs, man. Like, you want to you want to be like, you know, the Leafs are riding high. They're excited. Like, you know, you know, Matthews a season, all that. But like if you're Buffalo, don't you want to be like, hey, man, we're coming. And like, here's a couple of guys. Why? You know, they've you know, they've already seen, you know, Darlene B. 
crazy good. You know, you've already gotten, I mean, hell, they got pants by Buffalo twice already. So like, I mean, you know, you gotta, you gotta think that they're going to be fired up for this, especially actually playing in Toronto. But like, if you throw Quinn and power out there, I mean, granted powers first game, but like, if you throw Quinn out there too, it, you know, if you beat him again, then you're, you're, it shakes. I mean, every game shakes or fires up the fan base in Toronto like crazy. But if you beat him again in Toronto with like adding those guys in and they look good, then it's kind of like, they're like, why can't we, we can never beat this team. And now they got these guys coming and uh, it's annoying. I wish, you know, we got to get one over on these guys at some point. I also think it's important to reward guys and Quinn certainly, you know, he went down to Rochester. He's in a position right now where it's so easy and I'm sure that he wants to be in the NHL. It could be easy for a kid that age to get frustrated. He hasn't shown it one bit. His game has only gotten better as he's gotten further away from injury and he needs as much experience as possible to get ready for next season. Yeah. The same way that Owen power will benefit from more games down the stretch here. Jack Quinn will do the same. And I'm not, and I know that, you know, Rochester making the playoffs is a big deal to not only the organization, but people in Rochester. But you can find pockets of time to get him games in Buffalo. And I think now is a good time to do it. It's a Tuesday game. I, I'm trying to look up the, the Rochester schedule, but the website's not cooperating with me. So if you'll bear with me while I drone on. And I know that you look at the, the power play situation right now. Olsen's obviously on fire. Mm-hmm. Middlestad, I think they look like that look on the top unit because he's good with the puck. He has paid. He, he can really break pressure and help Darlene and take pressure off of Darlene at times, even though the shot mm-hmm. isn't there because of the injury yet. Uh, but still, there's a role there for Quinn. You can step in on the second line, get some good reps against a good team on the road. And I bought enough time, Joe. Here we are. Okay, <laughs> they only so, have two road games left. I'm yeah, looking at this right now. That's- yeah. So, okay. Wednesday, of course, Rochester does play Laval at home. So that would not interrupt Jack Quinn's schedule at all. He gets a day off on Monday, or he could practice with He was off today. The, the Amherst were off on Sunday. So he could join the Sabres for practice Monday. This is all hypothetical. I have no information. This is me and Joe mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. trying to speak this into existence. A couple guys crazy. looking at a schedule online and talking about it. Yeah, I think it makes the most sense in the world. He could play Tuesday. If you want him back in Rochester on Wednesday, fine. I know that burns a burns a, a roster move for one game, but I'm still all for it because I think that kid deserves it. I think he mm-hmm. deserves more reps. If you want to wait you know, until next week or you want to wait. I just think he needs to play more games down the stretch here. I think the, yeah. the numbers are remarkable. Uh, the, the pace mm-hmm. that he's on is not, it's, it's rare for a guy at that age to come to the American league and play that well. Yeah. And you know what? It's very awkward with the way the schedule works out because the, the, the Amherst last day is the same, same last day as the NHL. So, you know, I mean, I, I would imagine at at some point we're going to know better because, you know, where the hell's Rochester in this runner right now? Uh, their playoff primer. This is really tough. Like their their magic number is 18 points. Uh, I think mm. that's the way that works. I don't know. Uh, but they're not in a playoff position right now is the problem. It's top five in that division. Did they fall out of the top five? Yeah, they they're six. Oh. Yeah, the, Mar- the Marlies have jumped ahead of them. And the Marlies have a game in hand. And Carter Hutton might get games to the Marlies. Ooh, yeah. Ooh, the drama. Yeah, Carter. Carter's getting back to health, so he's been oh. he's been added to the Marlies roster. If only if only they had a game with Toronto still, like that would be fun. But no, like that would be awesome. But I mean, their schedule. Let me pull this out. I gotta go side by side here, just so I know what I'm looking at. 
so they've got what? They've got Laval. Laval's having a very good year. Uh, yeah, they're second. Uh, they they still have two games with Utica, which that's not good. Utica's pounded their face in all year. Like that's not great. Uh, they have two games with Cleveland though. They got a home and home with with Cleveland, and Cleveland's behind them in the standings by a pretty fair amount. So like the like those are two wins you got to have. They, and they're playing Springfield. Springfield's second in their division. Uh, they play Hartford. Oh, Hartford. Hartford's a playoff team too. So like this is. It's a dicey schedule and they are, they're not in a great spot right now. Like their points percentage, they're, they're 0.005 behind the Marlies, which I mean, it's close. Also 0.15 behind Belleville and they've got a game with Belleville. Yeah. Don't they have five? Doesn't Belleville have like five games in hand? Uh, no, they got one. They have one game in hand. Okay. Okay. Laval has two games in hand on the Amherst. Yeah, it's going to be tough. This is going to be, I mean, it's a shame for the Amherst because they've had some, they've had some really talented players down there. Yeah. I think when everybody's healthy, it's a good group, but they just haven't really gotten any sort of consistency because of all the injuries. So mm-hmm. again, I know that UPL gets a lot of flack on social media, especially from Rochester. Rochester fans are brutal on Lucan. They are brutal. They want they are, Arendelle in at every game. They want, they, are, they have, they are. They are a vicious group. They Not... have Arendelle fever right now. They want him to be the goalie. <laughs> they want him to be the, the man in net for a three and three. I it's actually are. a perfect setup for him. Like the Sabres want nothing to do with Dell playing in Buffalo and he's playing great in Rochester. But the problem is they have a goalie prospect. They need playing games in Rochester. And I love that. You know, that Rochester fans are as great as they are. Cause I, I can't imagine what would it be like if an NHL team had a affiliate where like nobody cared about it. It's great. I, I like that they want people, they want prospects down there. It makes it a lot more fun. Like the atmosphere in those games can be great, but still like UPL's the guy. I mean, he's got yeah. to, he needs these I, games. I can tell you what it's like being in a, being at a place where nobody cares about anything with the AHL team. And let me tell you the Albany River Rats, the attendance showed oh, that's the sad. Albany Devils. The attendance really showed when and they, like the River Rats is Devils. one of the great team names of all time too. Yeah. Yeah. That great, that, great logo. Yeah, that got really screwed up when they moved to when they well, Devils took their affiliate to Lowell. Um and it left it left Albany the River the River Rats were still the River Rats, but they became a split affiliation with Carolina and Colorado, which as you can imagine, those two teams didn't really bring in a lot of yeah. interest for people in the Albany area. Let's put it that way. But that's a shame. Um, yeah, it's yeah, it's you know, then the then the River Rats still exist, except they're now the Charlotte Checkers because they were bought by people in Carolina and moved down there and became the AHL team for, well, it was the Hurricanes. Now it's the Panthers. So makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, you have a team right down the road. Uh, yeah, just let them go. Yeah, we'll just, yeah, no, it's it's fine. We'll, we'll put we'll our farm team in Springfield. It's, it's okay. You know, I mean, I know Raleigh and Charlotte, you know, it's like two hours apart, but, you know, we could have them in Springfield, Chicago. Mass instead. Like, like Chicago now, Carolina? Yeah. <sighs> And Wait, the, uh, who's because the Blues are with Springfield now? I think. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Blues are Spring. Yeah, Chicago. Well, there was yeah, a big Chicago. shuffle. San Antonio, San Antonio ceased to exist or whatever. So yeah, 
Yeah, it's it's always something new with the AHL, which makes that also very fun and interesting. But I hope the Amherst make the playoffs. Those games are great. Yeah, and, and those kids I, and, need it. Like that'd be perfect because I think the Amherst would get healthy at the right time. So, like I said, I don't want Jack Quinn to, to just no. come up and play. I think, that, but you need to find a pocket or an opportunity. And if Eakins out on Tuesday, I think that's a mm-hmm. great one. Yeah, and you know, especially because you know, I, and unless they want to be fair to Anders Bjork, which I can understand, but also I can't understand at all. But I mean, uh, you know, I, this season for whatever reason, it's been a tough year. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, I obviously I want to see Quinn, but if it doesn't affect Rochester's schedule, just bring him up, let him play. Like it, you're not gonna, you're not. I mean, the only thing you're losing is your one recall. But like at this point, they're not in a big hurry to recall anybody else. Like, and you got extra defensemen. You got John Hayden, who like I'm fine with John Hayden plays. Like I would have put John Hayden in the lineup against against Tampa Bay over over Bjork personally. I think. Yeah. Well, there's your answer. Yeah. <laughs> and I say there, there's your probable your probable answer instead of instead of Jack Quinn. It's probably gonna be John Hayden, which Yeah, you're right. It's not as exciting, but you know, these 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 are how things go. But yeah, Rochester's are still very much in a playoff race, and I I I can't imagine that they're gonna do a lot to try to upset that. But they are Yeah, same. I mean, realistically it probably won't it won't I'm sure it won't happen for Tuesday, but you gotta find a pocket. Find a pocket in, in the schedule. Yeah. Here's here's the tough part. I'm looking at the AHL playoff primer, which is extremely detailed and almost very confusing to a point. <laughs> um, but the, the, their max win percentage is 0. 0.59. 0. 0.599. Is that too many nines? No, it's not too many nines. But uh, the two teams ahead of them, if they max out, of course, this is if everybody wins their games. Um, they can max out at 6 611. Now they don't play the Marlies anymore so the Marlies could run the table and become 611. But they have but that makes the game against Belleville a huge one because yeah. if they lose that game to Belleville they're they're in, they're in a, they're in a bad spot. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think that I mean adding Ryan Johnson in the blue line would certainly help. They they really need to tighten up defensively or they're not going mm-hmm. anywhere, you know. Yeah. So. Mark Alt can only do so much, okay? That's <laughs> Well, let's, let's, hey, it's going to, we're going to have so much to talk about uh, on next week's episode. Looking forward to it. Owen Powers yeah. debut. Who knows what else the the week to come is going to bring us. Two games against Risto for one. So, oh, man. The Risto, the Risto home and home party. I can't wait. We'll have a full breakdown for you. <laughs> shift by shift <laughs> breakdown of the of the Risto the Risto party. Oh my goodness! You probably yeah. have a soundboard. Like I'll just do shift one, and Joe, you can pull, you can press like a button. <laughs> you know, I have a lot of time on my hands, Lance. I could I could try to find a way to make this work. Yeah, just get just get him saying shit over and over <laughs> again. Make that work out. Um, we've uh, we had like other stuff on our list. We, 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 thankfully, they're ev- they're evergreen things. We'll get to them eventually. Like, down the it, road. That's fine. Uh, Lance, uh, where can the folks find you on, oh, on these course. grand internets? Oh, on uh, Twitter, L-L-Y-S-O-W-S-K-I, uh, and at the Buffalo News in print, online, um, wherever you read your Buffalo News content. Thank you that's... to everybody who subscribes, reads, interacts, all of it. Uh, Joe, tell the listeners where they can find you. Uh, you, you've already found it, found me here on Maintenance Day, so you've won uh, my adoration. So thank you very much. Uh, you can also find me on Twitter at J O E Y E R D O N. Uh, and you know, listen, I'll 
I'm not even gonna mention the other things because when there's stuff to get up there, I'll mention them. But there's there's nothing to talk about now. But like, thank you. But if you want to go visit Noted Hockey and prepare for things to happen, then please, by all means, do. Thank you to everybody uh, who's given us rate, who's rated us on Spotify or Apple. Um, yeah. If you haven't yet, we would appreciate it. Those those are always nice. Um, cool to hear the feedback. Yeah, especially along you here. know if we're making your nipples stiff for some reason. That's that's. that's Someone weird said one. that. Yeah. Yes. A wild review. Yes. Uh, let, quickly, let me, let me find this. This should not be this far. Oh Here it is. God. Okay. No, what did you say? <laughs> uh, it's this was a five star review on on Apple Podcast. Uh, a must listen for Sabres fans. Sure, I could say I would I could cut glass with my nips when a new show is posted, but that wouldn't be descriptive enough. Wow. You have two professionals with a capital P, although they didn't spell professionals with a capital P writing professional. That's fine. That cover the sabers, giving you insight, insider information, and analysis that you don't get from other quote unquote professional outlets in the city. Wow. I don't know who they're zinging there because you work for one of the professional outlets. So I I, I I don't know if that's like a shot across the bow or or what's happening there. But like, hey, you know, if Listen, if we're, we're better than, you know, nipples, like, hey, cool. Good for us. I blame you for that one, Joe. Jeez. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Maybe it's the <laughs> I got to I gotta turn this radio voice off or something. I don't know. People are getting, people getting weird out there online because of it. Uh, as long as you get weird in the comments section of a five-star rating, we are okay <laughs> with it. <laughs> yeah, if it's a one-star rating, then you can just you can yeah. just go away. We Take the weirdness somewhere else. Yeah, that's right. Moving but on. If, but if it's a five star weird, please make your home here. We we, we appreciate that. Even because... PG thirteen though, we don't. Want to <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Sorry for copy editing your your fine review, uh, fine person who wrote that. Uh, thanks everybody. That will that will take care of us for this week. Uh, enjoy your, enjoy Owen Power Week and enjoy uh, the Rasmus doubleheader at the end of this week. Uh, we'll catch you next week, everybody. Till then. <laughs>